Welcome to the Stripped Money Podcast with Lungile. Thank you for giving us your ears as we break down money to its bare bones, letting you know how your money can work for you. My guest today is quite accomplished. I mean, what accomplishment doesn't he have? He is an award-winning entrepreneur, business speaker, and mentor. He's also made it into the Mail and Guardian's top 200 young South Africans list, recognized as a South African under the age of 35, who is a groundbreaker in his industry. Today, we get to know more about the money moves made by the man who left his job in banking and is now the founder and chief executive officer of Zenzele Fitness Group, Dumi Pake. Welcome to Strip Money Conversations, Dumi. How are you doing? Um, I'm good, thank you. You know, considering the, the circumstances of what's happening around the world, you know, I'm healthy, my family is healthy. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be very grateful, um, you know, at this time. Okay. So, um, th- just to contextualize this show, right, it's, it's all about teaching people about their finances. But I have a special um, portion where I talk to entrepreneurs because people often want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't understand that behind those businesses are people and behind those people are very important financial decisions that they've had to make to get to where they are. So it's not more, it's less of a conversation about your business and your career, but you as a person, I just want to get to know the man behind the business. Um, And I think a lot of our listeners would be keen to hear that. Yeah. So you've had quite an interesting journey to get to where you are in your career. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So where you grew up and all of that. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I grew up in, so I was, I was born in Katlehong, but I grew up in Tembisa um, and a bit of Soweto, uh, etc. I think that's where most of my young childhood was and um, you know I was I was raised by my grandmother predominantly um, and my grandmother was also she was an entrepreneur you know she you know she was a, um, a widow at the time and you know she was an entrepreneur um, in, in her own right you know and was able to take us to school and you know put food on the table etc so you know I was I was I'm basically like you know was brought up by my grandmother especially in my young childhood. And I suppose, yeah, I, you know, I was always an avid sports person, avid reader. I was interested in finance. Uh, I studied finance. Um, I also always liked, you know, sports as well. And little did I know that I'll couple that years later. In fact, I was a former banker turned entrepreneur. And from that onwards, you know, I started um, a business called Zenzele Fitness. But exciting enough, you know, today as I speak, I, I don't just own Zenzele. There's, there's a couple of businesses that I that I run, um, you know, simultaneously. And uh, I suppose, yeah, we'll, we'll chat, you know, more about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been a seven-year journey as an entrepreneur and it's been very exciting. Awesome. Sounds very cool. Um, let's talk about money. Can you tell me a little bit about how you learned about money as a kid? Do you have a single money memory um, where you look back and think, hmm, that was actually an interesting money lesson? <laughs> yeah, it's not really a great one. Um, but so essentially what happened was I used to get, um, so, you know, I, I lived with both my gra- my grandparents from both my dad's side and my, and my mother's side. Okay. So my, my grandparent who was the entrepreneur, whenever I used to visit her, she would give me money. 
And whenever she gave me money, uh, I would save that money. And, you know, like, I mean, I think for months I'll have like chocolate and just all the things I want. And I just somehow was able to stretch that money so that it lasts me. And I think my grandmother from my mother's side wasn't particularly happy with, you know, the amount of money <laughs> I saved. Uh, and she used to take some of that money and she would say, I'll keep it and I will basically, you can, you know, she was essentially saying, I'll be the bank and you can withdraw the funds from me, oh my goodness. which I, I, I didn't think it was cool. And somehow I felt like I was being shortchanged, you know, just like how the banks take all the interest <laughs> yeah. and charges that my grandmother was, you know, doing all of that. And I think that's when I, you know, my first experience of money and how valuable it is um, and what it can do to, for me as, as a, uh, you know, a medium of exchange to, mm. to, to do stuff, yeah. Cool. And fast forward to you starting a career. What was your first job? My first job, I, like, well, you know, I, I wouldn't say career, but it was just an eye-opener in terms of what I wanted to do. So I worked mm. in a bookstore. Okay. I'm quite an avid Um And fortunately, I, I was made to be in charge of the business section. So I had to, like, really read books on businesses, um, and I think for me, that's kind of, you know, just really broadened my horizon in, in learning about business finance and what, what, what it all is. And, and also learning from like people's experiences on, on money, et cetera. And, you know, versus what you studied at school, it, it was a little bit different because you kind of take the, the people's story and their lives and you're able to couple that and understand what it means as a, you know, to be an, an entrepreneur and accountant. And I think that's what really pushed me to study finance further because you know, suddenly I, I knew how I wanted to do it. And yeah, working in a bookstore was, even to this day, I think it was probably the best jobs I had. <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah, because I got to read books for free. And books are very expensive. <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your first paycheck from that job, do you remember the first time you got your salary and how did that feel for you? Oh, it felt great. Um, I think initially it was, it was, it must've been, was it weekly wages? No, actually, yeah, no, you used to get paid a month. Uh, it was amazing, you know, looking at your pay slip. Um, in fact, I actually, the other day I was digging through my, you know, old papers and stuff and I actually saw the pay slip and I was like, wow. How much was you know, it? Uh, it was probably maybe in a month, like three and a half thousand. If, That's you not know, bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I was able to pay rent. I have food on my table and, you know, have transport money to go to school. Um, so it, it wasn't too bad. Um, but and was, I, I really loved it because mm. you know, I was just surrounded by books. I had to read the books. And, you know, for all our customers, we kind of, you know, when people walked in, you had to tell them what the book is about, like the synopsis of the book. So it really forced me to read. Um, and, and so I really became intrigued in, in like, uh, you know, um, leadership books finance management those kind of you know stuff that's what i really got myself into cool do you remember what was the first thing you bought with your first salary (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do so i think at the time i liked so i was into gadgets um i like gadgets and clothes uh you know just looking good and stuff is was always been my thing so I would probably, you know, I was really like, I'm, I'm a sucker for sneakers. Mm. So like really buying like a really nice piece of like shoe, uh, especially sneakers. 
Uh, so I'd invest. I, I don't know if you call it invest. investment. <laughs> 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 well, that lasts me, you know, two, three years. Okay, so I, I suppose. It's not a bad investment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, so I was really into, I still am into sneakers and gadgets, you know, um, and, and those are the things that I used to spend my money on. Um, to be honest, at the time, there was probably no savings. You know, I didn't save any money at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I suppose it only late, happened later in my life where I understood, you know, the, the power of saving and um, investing. Um, and starting early. And starting early, yes. Cool. And then you moved on and you had a career in financial services. You mentioned that you were in banking for stimulus. Um yes. How did you come to decide to leave that career? So, you know, I think, um, you know, the journey of working for, for someone else was, was a means to an end. I think I've always known deep down that I'll, I'd be an entrepreneur. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, it's something that was part of the picture. But obviously at the time, I didn't really know how when it would happen. And so um, I think the reading part, reading books, and also understanding that, you know, before you become an entrepreneur, and I mean, this is my, just my personal uh, view, is that you should work for someone first. Yeah. Um, I think you become a better leader if, if, you, if you have been led before. And, and having been led before, you know, understanding the governance of running a business, you know, uh, working in the bank and there's obviously ways and governance of how you just do things, you know, how yeah. you speak to clients, how do you respond to email, all the soft skills that, you know, you can't even learn in school. Um, so those things were quite valuable for me. And, and I've seen the difference between entrepreneurs who've actually never worked for someone and versus the, those who have, you can kind of see how, uh, and my business is very much a B2B, you know, I engage with other business, uh, other large corporates. And so, there's a certain language that you need to understand. Um, and, and these are the soft skills that can sort of make you or break you. Um, and so, yeah, I've always known, and I think it was just a matter of time until I found the right opportunity. Mm-hmm. And also it was all about, you know, mitigating my risks, uh, making sure that I, you know, when, when I actually do jump ship and, you know, take on that risk of becoming an, a full-time entrepreneur that, you know, I've calculated my risk properly um, so that, you know, I, I don't find myself in a situation where, um, you, you almost trying to be in survival mode yeah. because I think also when you're in survival mode as an entrepreneur, you, it's, you know, like desperation kicks in, um, and you, you kind of lose focus on, on, on what you're actually trying to do. Cause now you're just trying to do it because you need to survive. And so, you know, everything was, was very much you know, precision of what I wanted to do. Um, you know, there was a whole lot of um, sort of uh, hypothesis uh, on understanding if there is a customer that's willing to buy my product. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, we build businesses in isolation. Um, you know, you're building a business, which is great, but you haven't even checked if you do have customers that are willing to buy a product. And so I think I was very mindful to say, you know, you know, having a great idea is, is amazing, but, um, you know, what's important is the ability to execute the idea and also having a customer that's willing to pay for the product. 
Mm. And so those are some of the things. So by the time I actually put my resignation letter, I actually had my first client who had committed to pay me. In fact, that money came into my bank account before I even quit my job. And I think that's when I realized, I was like, okay, cool. At least I have a customer who's actually saying, I'm willing to buy this product. And that's when I, I, I took the, the, the jump to say I can quit. And I think a lot of times uh, people just take the risk without even assessing if there's enough customers. You know, there's enough pie out there for, for people to buy a product. And that's very key. Mm. Cool. That's, that's quite interesting. So you had your first customer um, buy your product or your service, but yeah. I think psychologically there's also that, that thing around um, the security of a paycheck. I mean, you knew that if you were working for the bank, you had a paycheck, a 13th check, a bonus, and medical aid covered. Yeah. Psychologically, aid. How, exactly. how did you then just convince yourself that this was the right thing to do? Whew. You know, when you, you're taking me back, that was, that was probably one of the most nerve-wracking times of my life. You know, mm. I mean, obviously talking about it seven years later, it, it almost sounds easy. But when I was walking the, the path at the time, it, it, was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. I, I had separation anxiety from mm. my work. I actually used to come and visit the office <laughs> all the time just because I used to think, what the hell did I just do? Uh, in fact, I probably just got promoted a few months, you know, before I resigned, uh, which, which, but I, I think one of the things uh, which I didn't mention, um, which was also quite instrumental is that I was able to raise my first fund of 5 million rands to start my business. Um, so in terms of security, um, you know, I mean, you know, nobody just gets 5 million rands to start yeah. a business. So it's not, you know, the more I've, I've been an entrepreneur, I realize it's, it's not really as common as it should be um and so you know so i'd, I'd actually secured five million on funding and i'd secured a, a client um but at the same time i think the support that i had from my mother um even to this day you know my mother is just a fire in her and and, and i think you always need to have those those type of people that just you know not in, encourage you blindly but you know, sometimes when you have the fear and they say, look, you know, you, you really done, you can do it. You can do it. And, and I think psychologically, emotionally, um, my mom was very instrumental in saying, because I, I really spoke to her. I mean, I'm a breadwinner in my family. And I said, look, you know, if I lose, if I quit my job and I can't ha- have an income, you know, I've got all these expenses. Like I have a bond to pay. I've got this, all of these things. Like what's going to happen? Mm. And you know, my mom was like, no, we're willing to take this risk with you. And I think especially, you know, if, you know, you've got children and, you know, this, you know, with me, it was a little bit different because I took the risk at the time, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't have children. And so maybe my decisions would have been different if, if I was a father, mm-hmm. because now I'm thinking about my kids. Um, and so those are some of the things that sort of, um, you know, gave me the motivation to, because it it's really is an emotionally roller coaster. You know, like waking up one day to going, for the last seven years, I used to wake up to go to work, to waking up one day and I'm like, oh, I need to build a website. I need to create a logo. I need to set up emails. And you almost don't even know what you need to do. Where to begin. Yeah. Where to begin. Like, okay, so what now? 
Uh, and then now, you know, seven years later, I look back and I was like, I would never work for anyone else again. Yeah. <laughs> I love what I do, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips um, that you can give someone who is on the verge of leaving their career and wants to start a business? Yeah, so I think one of, one of the things I would advise is, um, you know, having a business idea is, is, is fantastic. It's great. Um, but what really, you know, puts you apart is having like a great ability to execute your idea. Um, execution is, is what, you know, the quicker you execute, the better you will be against your competitor or anyone else who's trying to do what you're trying to do. Um, and also the second one coming back is that do not build your business in isolation. And the last one, and I think you said two, they should read a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Um, the Lean Startup, Eric Ries, is a fantastic book of understanding how do you Basically, you know, from having a, a business idea, converting it into something that is tangible, testing your customer to see if there's, you know, there's appetite for it. So the Lean Startup, it was also like quite an incredible book um, around that. So I would also, that would probably be one of my recommendations. Say read, read, read. And that book is great. Okay. Um, just personally, what's your number one financial habit, whether it's good or bad? Uh, my number one financial habit, whether it's good or bad, you know, I'm very, I, I, I keep, I'm, I'm very militant in terms of, you know, um, managing finances and, and it's both in my business and in my personal life. Mm-hmm. It's quite militant. I mean, I remember when, um, so I normally spend money. So I would set a target as to, I would set a target as to, you know, if I want to spend money or if I want to do something, I work towards something and then I reward myself for it. Mm. So, for example, in business, you know, I set myself, you know, targets for the business to say, if, if the EBITDA number for the business is, is this and, and we reach that, 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 that milestone, then this is how much I will reward myself. So the business, you know, obviously we reach a target. And if I don't reach the target, then I don't take, I don't reward myself. So that, that's worked pretty well. And it also motivates me to get to where I want to be. And then that's where I get to reward myself because, you know, I don't feel guilty. I deserve it. And I have achieved the target. So it's like in, it, it, as an employer, employee, you know, you, 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 they set targets for you. And if you, if you reach a target, you get a bonus. And so I do the same thing, even though it's my business, I set goals, I reach the target and I, you know, pay myself a bonus. I think it takes quite a bit of discipline to to not dig into the, the finances of your business. Um, how do you do you not get tempted to just dig into your Zinzele fitness um, pocket or your own personal <laughs> needs? Yeah, so you know, I think one of the so it's all about building governance in your business and. You know, it's not even about digging money, digging money into the pocket of the business, but, you know, for, for a business to, any business to be investable, um, you know, you obviously have, you know, business needs cash injections, it needs mm. investors. And, you know, um, you, know you, we, you apply for tenders, uh, all of these, there's a lot of things, governance things that happen. And, and if you don't run your business in a sound way, uh, those things actually catch up with you. Um, you know, and, and for me, you know, I draw a salary. 
um, I've drawn a salary like anyone else. Um, so I earn a salary even though, and I spend within the salary that I get. You know, there's nothing else outside of that. And I suppose maybe because I come from a corporate environment, it just, it, it's just been a normal thing for me. You know, I, I don't, in the last seven years, I've never taken money outside of the salary that I earn. Um, and, 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 and I think that the person needs to understand where do you want to take your business? If you really want to be a scalable business, you know, that's going to grow and become a massive business. You know, you have to start by that. And as a, as a leader of the business, you have to have that discipline. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, usually businesses that run in that way, uh, they don't really last very long. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of time before, um, you know, things just fall apart because, you know, the, the leaders of the business were, you know, they, they weren't and, you know, following the right governance structures. And we've seen it around the news and, and things that are happening. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's this this other uh, is it that big bank in 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 Limpopo? What was it called? Uh, the bank that went that went when I yeah. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Uh, something. Yeah. Just yes. Skip my and, mind. Yes, and we know how that that went down because mm. you know they you know the the, the founders started you know sort of uh, enhancing oh. their own personal uh, lives and you know things fell apart um, and and it's usually. You know, and, and for me, I look at this as a, you know, as an investment. I want to create something that's going to be around um, for the next 50, 100 years. You know, not just in Zell. I mean, with all the uh, the group of companies that we've started. So, I mean, we've, we've got a water company. Uh, we've got a tech company now. So we're launching a, a really great app um, and, and um, you know, some systems data systems company, we, we do sports apparel or at leisure where um, we have a, um, what's the other business? We, we also do like a Kauai. So we've got a health bar business that, that okay. is, is also launching. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, you know, just, just all of that, that's, that's, that's coming around. Um, and it's very exciting to, to do. And all of these things need discipline. And, you know, I think, I was able to reinvest into these new businesses because of the discipline that was required. Because, you know, for any other bank or investor to invest in you, they also want to see you put some skin in the game. Mm. So having invested in these businesses, um, and also because of the COVID thing, you know, I think it really pushed to really think outside of the box, and, and hence why we diversified as a so that so the new company is called the Zenzele Group. So the Zenzele Group basically consists of Zenzele Fitness. Yeah. Uh, Zele, uh High Tech, which is the, the tech business, uh, Apara Sportswear, which is a leisure, le- uh, you know, at leisure wear, um, at Zen, which is the health bar, um, and then the Zenzele Hydrate, which is, which is the water bottle business. And then we're also launching uh, a supplement business where, you know, we feel that uh, we've got enough customers to um, leverage off. Um, and, you know, I think it, it, it all happened uh, obviously organically, you know, I didn't just jump in all these businesses. I, I obviously focus on one business in the, in the last couple of years to make mm-hmm. sure that I do something good. And then organically, uh, I started seeing, okay, we need to um, sort of extend our, our revenue stream and also diversify our risk. You know, we can't just focus on, on just a gym business. And like you see now, I mean, gyms are not open because of the COVID. So in yeah. the last three and a half months, we haven't been operating. But because we're able to diversify ourselves and our business model, you know, we're still around. Our business is still 
Um, you know, the business is not going to shut down. I mean, we've seen that there's a lot of businesses that are shutting down because of mm. what's happening. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much what I, I've had to do. Cool. Let's just go in, into that a little bit more. Like how has COVID-19 affected your business? Yeah, I mean, you know, like it's, it's obviously has been a, um, a, a horrible, devastating time. Um, you know, I suppose I'm not going to just speak for myself, but for, for many businesses around the world, um, it definitely has had an impact um, in terms of, you know, we have had to, uh, you know, close down for the next three, four months. Uh, so it, it has had an impact, especially because we had a, you know, we were projecting a, a, like a, an amazing year. In fact, it probably would have been one of our best years, um, you know, to date. And so from a projection point of view, we're very excited, you know, how the year was starting off. Um, and then COVID happened and suddenly, you know, most of those plans, you know, whether you, you're obviously just wondering if they're still going to happen or not. Um, so, yeah, it had, has had a big impact. You know, fortunately, because of our, you know, our, our business model, so we are a B2B business. Um, you know, we're not like the, the normal commercial health club where we just purely reliant on membership fees because we, we've had to freeze all our membership fees from our members. However, we've had the support of all the, our big corporates, our big corporate clients were still, um, you know, willing to continue and support us financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, to date, if I had to sort of touch base, we probably had a, I would say, uh, 55% drop on our revenue uh, during the lockdown. But at least we're getting, you know, 45% of our revenue. Yeah. And we've also cut, we had to cut down costs significantly for us to obviously have a balance during this lockdown. So that, and I, I suppose it also, you know, gotten a lot of support from um, uh, the banks, you know, the payment holidays that we applied on all our major debts. Um, and so that has been great. Um, and also, we, you know, we got some funding as well. So yeah, we were working around the clock. So I got some funding um, to, to, you know, obviously from a cash fund point of view to, for us to continue. And, and even after the COVID, um, you know, the, the gyms are, are open. We, we obviously, we have to have pro- uh, protective yeah. um, PPE stuff. And so there's an expense on that. Um, we had to cut salaries, but not significantly. We only cut salaries by 25%. So guys have been, re- you know, receiving 70, 75% of the salaries. And so those are some, and obviously those things are painful to hear because, you know, you know, people at home, they want to work. We're like, mm-hmm. guys, we can't be hundred percent. We're going to take a, you know, salary cut of 25%, but at least we are still here. You know, no one is saying we are closing down and, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, and so, uh, you know, with the injection of the funding, um, it, it's to use for us to, you know, going concern for us to carry on as a business. Um, um, and, 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 and obviously, you know, see, you know, how far things go. So, yeah, we, we've had to, you know, manage cash militantly. You know, for, fortunately, you know, we had some cash flow, so we had some runway to, to carry us over um, and, and really just watch, you know, spend money militantly. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I mean, we're almost four months without trading, but we, we're still here. So okay. I suppose it's a reflection of how we've managed the business over the years. Mm. Um, because otherwise, yeah, you know, it, it would have been a devastating uh, situation. Right no, it would have been a disaster. I mean, we've seen so many businesses that 
we thought were um, all good and well when things were normal. And during this period, we just noticed that, okay, clearly they weren't handling their finances well. If just um, being out of business for a few months means that you're shutting down and, um, yeah, retrenching quite a lot of people. So kudos to you for, <laughs> I suppose, the discipline from right from the beginning that mm-hmm. has gotten you to, to where you are right yeah. now, especially with your, with your employees. I mean, there's so many sad stories about people losing their jobs. I mean, a 25% um, salary cut is, is better than no salary, I suppose. So yeah, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's quite positive, but I'd like us to get a little bit lighter now just um, have a little, <laughs> little bit of a, yeah. a fun conversation, no retrenchment and salary, and salary cuts. Um, yeah. Do you play the lottery? Uh, no, actually, I should. <laughs> you should. So if you won... Um, I should play it on my, on my banking on your, app. Actually. Yeah. I'm one of those people who just doesn't get into it. But if you won 150 million rand tonight, what day is it? Yeah, tonight. What is, is that? Is the jackpot 150? Why? No, 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 no. It's just a random number that I just thought of. Oh, okay. <laughs> what would you do? Um, if I got 150 million tonight, I would convert that 150 million would probably be a billion in less than five years. So I would, yeah. So basically, that 150, I could, I would convert it to five million. But so. I mean, to 1 billion rands within five years. Um, so essentially what I would do is I would diversify my, my investment by uh, investing in, um, in various businesses um, and taking, um, you know, an equity in, in, in a number of businesses. So I'd actually start essentially like a, a private equity uh, firm. So I'll actually, yeah, do it. I'll actually, part of it, I'll, I'll still be an entrepreneur, but I'll still be a, like a private equity uh, investor. And so that's where I would invest most of these uh, businesses with the view of having a, you know, a return, which is, you know, just in excess of a billion mm-hmm. rands within the next five years. Uh, so I am, I'm, I'm very much, a, you know, I like investing in businesses. Uh, I'd obviously diversify my investment portfolio. So I wouldn't, because obviously P is, is quite high risk. So I'd also invest in, in, in medium uh, risk investment, like investing in properties, um, offshore investments to diversify uh, and hedge my, my, my obviously investment from, from, you know, investing in Africa and, yeah. and offshore. So I'll do that. But the whole view was would to, you know, get a whole bunch of experts to help me to convert that into a million rands. So essentially, I would be on my way of being a billionaire. Cool. That's actually quite an interesting answer because I think most of the people that I've asked this question to always say that they would just retire and go sit somewhere on an island. So clearly, you're really passionate about your business, and you would want to still be in this world, in this, in the yeah, entrepreneurship. No, I mean, yeah. No, I would. I think I. I enjoy. I. I love. I love the thrill of building things and seeing them succeed. So that's what keeps me going. Um, so yeah, I. I, I don't think. You know, it's nice being in the beach and, and spending, but also after a while, it, it'll probably get boring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> want to get your brain to, to work. Yeah. So I'm that kind of guy. I, I want to do something. And, and for me, it's like, okay, how do I make that money to like a billion rand? And then after I make a billion, I was like, how do I make it five billion? And yeah. 10 billion, 100 billion. Yeah. So. 
Cool. And then um, what is one thing that you wish you learned about money as a kid? Um, I suppose is the, um, the one thing I wish I learned about money is I wish I'd, you know, I, like I remember when I got my first paycheck, like I said, I, you know, I bought shoes. I, you know, I did all of these things. I wish I, I was, I'd been taught to invest in a property. Uh, and I know by now my, you know, property portfolio would have been so much where I, like I would have been receiving, you know, um, rental income as, mm. as, a, as an investment now, and, you know, these properties would have been paid off. Um, and so those are some of the things I wish I'd learned to, to that, you know, um, the, 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 the short gratification of, of buying things that you may not need versus buying things that you, that will actually generate money without you working or doing anything. Yeah. Um, would have been better now where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm getting, you know, all that properties are paid off and they just, I'm just basically like getting cash from. Uh, and that's when you're building an asset. Um, and yeah, for me, that's, you know, that's what I wish I would have learned uh, sooner. And so I do encourage most of the young, you know, young guys who are, you know, you know, when they graduate and they get the first job is to like, you know, instead of buying, you know, that four pipe car, um, rather buy like a property, etc. And yeah, I mean, some, you know, yeah, that's what I wish I'd learned. Okay. Cool. Can you tell me about a money moment in the last few years where, um, where you thought you, where you felt quite victorious, whether you killed off debt or you got a new investment, something, a, a, a highlight of your money story? Sure. <laughs> um, about a year, is it a year? It's probably a year, a year or a year and a half ago. Yeah, I I raised ten million interest free debt, so um, it was it was amazing because it's like who gives you ten million and you don't actually pay interest in it? Yeah. So for me that was like whoa, it was amazing. Uh, you know the time was the timing was right, and it was it was it was quite excited because you know it was obviously through like you know enterprise development structures where they gave interest free debt. But, you know, having to raise like 10 million interest fee was like crazy um, and how it was able to sort of help us, um, you know, inject in, in like new projects that were coming up, etc. So, yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, so that was quite fantastic, actually. I, I it, it was really like a really nice money moment, um, you know. Was. What do you, what do you spend you spend your money on that makes your life simpler or better? Uh, right now I would say it's five o'clock. To be honest, I spend money on traveling. I love to travel. I think that's where my weaknesses. So I spend my money on traveling. You know, after working hard, you know, I would say like in three months I'm going to go to this country. Mm. or that country um so that's what i've been doing the last two years you know i've had plans now for 2020 but <laughs> obviously that's not gonna happen <laughs> that's not gonna happen so i would sort of re reward myself for like i'm gonna go to this country and travel um yeah that's that's where I, I really you know spend my money on 
Um, I like to, I'm very much into property. Um, I am looking at like growing a property portfolio. Um, and obviously that'll be dependent on, you know, how successful the businesses are, because obviously the, you know, the more successful the businesses are, the more income I can draw from the businesses. So it is something that I, I have a desire for, which I will aggressively start. Well, I have kind of started doing it, but not as, not as, not as aggressive as I'd like to be, but I would like to, you know, buy more properties, convert them into rental uh, income spaces, etc. And I think that's something that I'm also like, um, I have an interest in. Um, and also, I spend money on buying books. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that was going to be your answer <laughs> before the traveling. No, I, no, actually just hit me now. I was yeah. like, I actually buy a lot of books. I, yo. You know, some books I buy them, some of them, I, I don't even read all of them. But I just buy books because I, I just like having a lot of books. And obviously there's some I read, but some mm. I just buy them just to, I actually collect books. So I spend money. Yeah, I spend, and books are expensive. I spend yeah. a lot of money. So. Okay, so this show is called Stripped Money Conversations. Um, what is one money term that you can strip down to its simplest form that anybody can understand? Your favorite money, money term? My favorite money term is um, don't work for money, but make money work for you. Okay, very simple, self-explanatory. Yes. Cool. So what's next for you? I mean, you've spoken to, to us about all these companies that you are working on. What are you currently excited about? I think the two things that I'm really excited about is this new app that we're launching. Um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, it's a fitness app, but, okay. you know, with no twist of, of our, obviously, our unique selling proposition. So quite excited about that app that's going to launch in the next couple of months. We've already started even shooting the content for it. And, you know, going back to saying I've already tested it with my corporate clients to see if they will be willing to buy into this concept. So mm-hmm. it's quite exciting. It looks like <laughs> it even looks like, it, you know, in the next few years, it, it might even do better than Zenzele. So um, so those, that's exciting. And then the, the, the at ledger way, um, um, uh, business, you know, that's also very exciting. Um, so also working around the clock on that. Um, and that should launch in also in the next couple of months. So I'm very excited about, you know, this COVID was also a blessing in disguise because it kind of forced us to look into things that we weren't really paying attention to. Because mm. you were just in the rat race like every day and suddenly being at home, working at home, it's just like, okay, you know, you've got all this time and I think I really just started then saying, okay, I need to really push these things. And I mean, within the space of three months that we've been on lockdown, you know, I can safely say, yeah, I've launched, you know, four businesses. Um, and uh, so that's, you know, if someone had to ask me, you know, 10 years from now, I was like, what did you do during the lockdown? I was like, well, I started four businesses. And, you know, now they're multi-million brands businesses 10 years later. So hopefully that is what's going to happen. <laughs> Cool. Um, thank you so much for this conversation. I think um, we've gotten to know you a little bit better outside of the businesses that you run. But I think the highlight for me is how disciplined you are with your finances. I think maybe the, the background being in financial services has helped you with that. But 
it's quite refreshing to hear a young black person who's running a business, who's running it so efficiently and being so future focused. So I think this has been quite an inspiring episode. Thank you so much for joining me. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope you guys, uh, you know, stay safe and yeah, take care. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us your ears. Catch us on the social media streets. On Facebook, it's Stripped the Podcast. On Instagram, at Stripped underscore the podcast. And on the Twitter streets, Stripped underscore podcast. Oh, 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 o